city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drown. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 208 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. You can tell by my voice, it is startup season. I'm super excited because we have a, a great show planned for you tonight, talking about where rookies are being drafted in your startups, how high you should be taking them, who's in those areas equivalency-wise. Smash Accept 13 just kicked off. We're at Snoog. I got to tell you, man, we're in round four, and I got five twenty-five firsts already. And three players. And I'm like, I'm just, I love startup season. It's so much fun. It's the most questions I'm getting right now is like, yo, where are you drafting this rookie? Where are you drafting that rookie? And Snoog, this is just, honestly, every single week we get closer and closer to the the NFL draft. And it's like, I know we're only in February, but I'm excited. Yeah. And the combine's rolling around about a month away. We're going to see these wide receivers run, test well. 2024 class is stacked at the position. So I'm excited to see that. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to break down values and tiers with these rookies and kind of help you guys get a feel for where you should be taking them like neighbors. Should you be taking them over the Chris Olaves and the Jalen Waddles of the world? Should you be taking Marvin Harrison right after the Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lambs, Justin Jeffersons? We're going to help you with all of that. We're also going to help you find the values in that quarterback position because that can be really tough, right? Like last year, this mm-hmm. time, I wasn't one of the believers, but there was a lot of people, including those big name guys like Zerline, Bucky Brooks, all those guys just pinning in Will Levis as a top five pick. Same with Mel Kuyper. These are guys that have been around for a long time, seen a lot in the process. Everyone thought Will Levis was this top five pick, and he ended up going in the second round. So the quarterback position definitely gets the most contradicting, mm-hmm. especially with J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. Like these guys could fall into that mid to late first range and change a lot of draft boards. So we're going to help you guys kind of feel out those tiers and kind of give you head and shoulders and help you have head and shoulder advantage over your peers. So that's that's why we're talking about taking as many second round picks as possible. Yeah. Get yourself loaded up there. I mean, right now the the first are difficult to acquire. I'm really starting to, you know, have to really make some some fine tuning and some communication there. But the seconds they get thrown around like candy in a startup. And these second rounders this year are going to be very nice. Uh, so let, let's start talking about this right away. You talked about the quarterback position. You know, it is the position that fails the most. We talk about hit rates for quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, wide receiver and running backs. We have a lot of great predictive stats. You know, we look at yards per route run. We look at college dominator. We look at, you know, their breakout age, all of these things really plan out. And for the most part, you can see the Quentin Johnson's of the world where it's like, this might not work out. You can see the Jordan Addison's and the Zay flowers. You're like, okay, everything kind of lines up with the quarterback position. So much is it goes to what's the landing spot? Who's the coaching staff? What are the weapons? You know, so we talk about that position on top of that being so difficult. Everyone was very locked in on Bryce Young last year at this time as the QB one, you know, and then you and I were talking Stroud at that point, and that's neither here nor there. But now we got to talk about this year. The clear cut 101 for me is Caleb Williams. Some people debate Marvin Harrison, but it's Caleb Williams. I mean, you got to look at where he's going. For me, Caleb Williams is one of the most polished prospects, one of the highest ceiling prospects we've seen since Andrew Luck, maybe before that. So, Snoog, 
undoubtedly he's going in crazy areas in startups. It's very reminiscent of, of Trevor Lawrence, you know, in, in his rookie season where he was going 106 to 112. Caleb Williams right now and where you can expect to draft the 101 rookie pick in Smash 9, it went 109. And that's that's par for the course. It's going between 108 and the latest I've seen in all of our Smash ADP that we're starting to put together is 201. So what I got to ask you is, you know, how comfortable are you taking Caleb Williams? He goes in the same range as Justin Herbert, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, and uh, and and Bijan Robinson. I mean, that's who you're taking him over. So I mean, how comfortable are you in Caleb Williams' skill set? I mean, first of all, what's his ceiling, and how comfortable are you in that area? I think his ceiling is definitely top five fantasy football quarterback. Like, I mean, the way he makes plays off platform, the arm, arm talent, his ability to push the ball downfield, what he can extend and turn nothing but, into something. Like, those are the traits you look for in these type of quarterbacks. At 109, though, you're taking him as the QB8 already. Yeah, I, definitely not taking him over Herbert, not taking him over Burrow, not taking him over Stroud, not taking him mm-hmm. over Hurts, Allen, yeah. Mahomes, Lamar. But you'd take him – you agree with me where you'd take him above Richardson, Kyler. Yeah. You know, like, he, he belongs there. Year, I think it yeah. goes 8, Caleb, 9, Kyler, 10, Richardson. Like, I think that's my tier. I think – a realistic ceiling for him is like that Kyler Murray type. I think they play very similar. They're both really good rushing quarterbacks. Caleb had double-digit rushing touchdowns, I think, both of his last two years in college. And he can throw the ball forever. Like, his arm talent's great. His medium accuracy is phenomenal as well. He can throw at all three levels. The issue with Caleb is people say, like, can he play in structure? Mm-hmm. He never had to because USC's line stunk. They were always playing from behind. They were one of the worst defenses in college football mm-hmm. as a Power 5 team. They were just always in situations where he didn't have to, where he did have to play hero ball because he's their best player by a mile. Mm-hmm. And he was the reason why they did win games if they won any. So I think Caleb Williams in a structure, in a good system, with good weapons around him, a decent offensive line where he can sit there, he will pick you apart all day long. He's not on the C.J. Stroud level of a thrower as a passer with the tight window abilities that Stroud had coming out, but he he's definitely on that like Bryce Young, Kyla Murray type of like, he can throw the ball, ball downfield well, he can throw the ball medium well, and he can also hit anybody underneath he needs and he'll make the throws on the run, which mm-hmm. is huge, right? Because a player like that, always playing out of structure, he's going to come into the league and he's going to be able to, he's going to feel a lot of pressure, especially playing for like the Bears and the, or the Pats or the Commanders or whoever. Well, that's, uh, that's my next question there is like, so, yeah. I mean, if he goes to the Bears, I think with DJ Moore and, and Cole Komet there, I mean, I think, I think the ceiling is. And the they floor, got pick nine. They got pick I, I, nine. I, I, they got an early second. Like they're in they, get, they get neighbors in there. I mean, like they're in a situation where Justin Fields was given nothing. If, if Caleb Williams goes to the Bears, I really like that for his fantasy stock. I think if he goes to the commanders, you know, with McLaurin and with, with Dotson, I think that is, you know, in that area. The ceiling play right now, Snook, is one of these guys, Minnesota's pushing to get up to that top spot. You know, they're one of the one oh of these big God, quarterbacks. I mean, if Caleb Williams goes there, I think he has a top three dynasty ceiling. Like, I think that is in the because he has the rushing floor, because he has the upside in passing. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at. So he's gonna cost you a late first in a startup draft. That's why we talk about every single year when you do a rebuild, when you do a retool. You know, that 101 is just worth so much more. I mean, I think it's it's actually at a spot where 
we talk about every year where it's, you know, 30 to 50% more valuable this year with Marvin Harrison. It's not quite as much more valuable, but honestly, if you guys have that one-on-one, it's Caleb Williams. It's not Marvin Harrison. It really isn't because look at what we have here is this is a scenario where this guy is a top eight quarterback in order to be in that draft capital next year, Marvin Harrison right now, Jamar Chase, CD lamb and Jefferson are the only three guys that are worth equivalent or more than Caleb Williams. Marvin Harrison immediately has to do that. Then you look at Marvin Harrison's ceiling versus, you know, Caleb Williams ceiling. Caleb Williams ceiling is three plus firsts because his ceiling is up there as a top five quarterback. Marvin Harrison's ceiling is, is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is not worth three firsts. That's to me, the biggest divide between the two of them. And that's why I keep telling people is like, yo, if you, so many people say, yo dad, I have Joe Burrow and Anthony Richardson. What do I want Caleb Williams for? Why would you not want three top five to eight dynasty quarterbacks? So I'm with you with Herbert. I'm taking Herbert over him. I think one for one in a startup, it's really tough getting quarterbacks. That's the tricky part. So Chase has gone after Caleb Williams in almost every draft I've seen. Lamb certainly has. Bijan 100% has. So the 101 this year has gotten you to a point where it's a top 10 asset overall. You know, and I think – that's what people have to really start paying attention to in your rebuilds. I don't think 2025 is going to do that because it's running back heavy. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be into that area if you're rebuilding. So let's let's talk about, and I think that's that's good communication there as far as that 101. The 102 is not far off. Right now, the 102, which for me is Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, like I don't see an area right now where Drake May would have to get a beautiful landing spot. No but shot. Marvin Harrison Jr., is the 102. And we're both in agreement of that. And for now, he's going in startups between the 205 and the 208. In Smash 13, he went at, I believe, 207, which is the 102. I mean, we're not saying Marvin Harrison Jr. per se, but the 102 is going to that area. And that's something that drafting rookies in your startup, before we talk into Marvin Harrison, how much do you put into that? Because for me, I'm looking at the 102, and it's the equivalent of Kyler Murray. Brees Hall or Bijan Robinson or or Amon Ross St. Brown. And I say to myself, can those guys go up in value? The answer is not right now, right? But those rookie picks, they can't drop in value. They're only going to continue to increase. So how do you do that in a startup? People ask me all the time, you know, and that's why we're doing this exercise. How do you gauge the rookies versus the vets? Yeah, I usually like to fade rookie value and in mocks in mock drafts especially the higher end ones just because like you're building your team around like a foundation of players like i think in like a startup unless i'm going into it saying like i'm one year i'm hitting the rebuild or i'm one year i'm gonna collect as many firsts as possible mm-hmm. i think you almost like have to lean on Ross st brown or like aj brown over marv there just because like if he does go to the patriots at three which is a very high possibility like that sucks like you're looking at another Garrett Wilson where he's like an 1100 yard guy peppered with targets, but there's hey, just no touchdown they're gonna, volume. They're going to bring in Kirk Cousins too, baby. Like they're gonna, it's like a 50 50 shot. Yeah. I, I am still not fully sold on Jaden Daniels being yeah. like this like prodigy top three draft pick where Patch thinks he's like the best option mm-hmm. over Marv. But if he goes to the Cardinals and plays with Kyler, he goes five to the Chargers and plays with Herbert, like he's probably the dynasty wide receiver for pushing up into that tier with like Chase Lamb and Jefferson. Yeah. So it's and tough. Th- Marv is literally my comp forms, AJ Green. Like 
I think that's, that was what I put too. Yeah, I love that. Six four can play at all three levels. Great route runner. Good at getting separation. He, people think he's like not a good athlete for some reason. Like I would bet a lot of money that he runs like a four three eight four four forty. All I put four four in my in my all profile, day. and people are criticizing that. And then people I looked at what Zoltan put out today. <laughs> when it comes to contested catches, number one in all of all of college football at sixty nine percent contested catch rate i mean that's an absurd that's, that's people think look at that as a flaw though that's just because cj stroud was like one of the best tight window throwers of all mm-hmm. time in college football like he would literally put the ball like even if you were covered he would put the ball right here every single time mm-hmm. so that's why like in mccord obviously it's like you're playing hero ball you're just gonna throw the ball up to marv so i don't look at that as like he can't create separation i look at it like he was their whole team and that they relied on him to make plays downfield and, and make plays after the catch and stuff. So I just yeah. think Marv is literally like an AJ Green and Neighbors is like an o- Odell and you can't go wrong with either, but we'll get into Neighbors. You, you got excited on the rookie yeah. talk there. And I, I love it. What, what you had to say was for me, just like in the rookie draft, I think 104 to 107 is the sweet spot. And I think in, in your rookie drafts, in your startup drafts, that's the same thing is like, you're in an area where it's like, you want to get to those, those areas. Cause that's where it's at. Um, just a reminder, guys, we go live at 7 o'clock on, when, we, when we post these on YouTube, on Twitter. You guys can communicate with us. One of our guys that's in our, in our group chat that we talk to all the time, PPR Fantasy Tips. Make sure you guys check him out on Twitter. He put great stuff, y'all. You know, like you guys can, can continue to, you know, discuss things with us. Obviously, you know, Timothy Ligon, he put, I think Marv's a low four fives guy. I Timmy, think he's going to be a lot of money on that with you. <laughs> but, I put a lot of money on that with you, Timmy. He's a four, four guy, but let's talk about that one Oh two right now. So if you're in that area right now, Snoog, and you know, we just talked about, you're not interested in necessarily going that route. Do you take the one Oh two Kyler Murray, Brees Hall or Amon Ross St. Brown in that early second range of your startup draft? Give me Mr. Kyler Murray. I think. He gets Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, and and then they also pick a. Don't they pick again in the first round? Yeah, they yeah, do because yeah. they traded with Houston. Yeah, they have two first round picks this year. They got McBride. They'd, they'd have Marv or maybe Neighbors. They'd have another first round. They drafted Paris Johnson last year, who's a stud tack. Like Kyler Murray was mm-hmm. at his absolute floor coming off an ACL and was still a top twelve quarterback. Like he, he's he my guy. going. He went right. 208 and smashed 13, and I was I was losing it because I was like, I wanted to take him at 201 when I was moving back. And I think by the time startup season is over, after the NFL draft, yeah, I think Kyler Murray is going to be at that 112, 201. So Such a good value. I got I'm his jersey you. for $30. The, I got the $179 Vapor Elite off NFL.com yeah. in the offseason because everyone thought he wasn't going to be a Cardinal and like they were going to trade him. And it was before he got signed. I bought his jersey mm-hmm. for like $39 or like $29. And it's real. And I have exactly. it in my body. The black alternate one, it's so fresh. So for me, I guess the interesting question then, I think that gets a little bit closer then, is if you have to choose between Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Marvin Harrison. And I think what you have is a scenario of Amon Ra, St. Brown is the or a wide receiver one floor and a top five ceiling. You know what I mean? And I think you look at what you have with, with Marvin Harrison and you have a ceiling of in my mind, wide receiver one overall. Yep. But I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be in that area where, like you said, if he goes to the wrong area with like, it could be a Garrett Wilson because I think Garrett Wilson's talent level is pretty comparable to Marvin Harrison jr. It's not crazy depth. Like people are like, 
so down on Garrett Wilson. I think Marvin's a little bit more talented, but not a lot. So I think we're in an area where it's like landing spot is going to be important where Amon Ross St. Brown is in that Lions offense that we love with Jared Goff having his guaranteed targets of 140 to 160. And I think he's just locked and loaded, you know, so yeah. I, I would definitely prefer that if I'm in a just straight up, you know, startup mm-hmm. scenario, yeah. but that that's splitting hairs. So I like that because I think I got to ask you though. I mean, this is the biggest thing in the off season is I'm not interested in running backs early. I had a, a, a lot of different opportunities here to take, Brees Hall to take Jameer Gibbs at the same spot where Marvin Harrison Jr. went and the running back position as 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 talented as those guys are and as Bijan is it's hard for me to take them over the 102 right now I don't know where you're at on that I love all three of them the only way I'm doing it is if my team is like dominant and it's points per carry and these three guys are going to take me over the top I think those three are the ones you can argue in that 102, 103 range. I'd probably take them all over the 103. But yeah. If, if the two and the one is Caleb Marv, I think that they're they're all valued right mm-hmm. at the three. You yeah. Probably argue Bijan and Marv. But I think it's with Gibbs and Bijan, them being first round picks, they got paid. They were huge parts of their mm-hmm. offenses of rookie years. Both were really elite. And they they have the potential to be on those teams for four to five years with that with that fifth year extension. So I really like their situations long term. Brees is mm-hmm. he's already going to be on his third year third year in his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. I mean he's on a horrible Jets team. I mean they're getting Rodgers back. The O line was so banged up and terrible, but he finished with like two hundred ninety points and he was like Darby two overall. Like we saw Brees is half ceiling like mm-hmm. they could all finish at the rb1 overall they could all put up 350 plus points they mm-hmm. can do it all the three down workhorse backs i think it's safe to put them all in that like 103 104 range and i think i'd lean those guys just because like they're top they're like 1a 1b 1c at the position so it's just I'm, the value there but yeah let's move to the 103 then i mean right now the 103 is drake may the average adp across the the 20 plus leagues that we've been looking at is the 209 to 212 he went in that the 208 and smash 13 so it's like all these are kind of lining up in that same area and he went in the same area as um garrett wilson jameer gibbs and Brees hall so i mean i think you were you're right on the on the nose i do think Bijan belongs in the 102 conversation i think gibbs and and hall are in this 103 conversation as is garrett wilson so if you had to choose between these three guys i mean let's start off with drake may the ceiling for me is justin herbert i think drake may and that was my comp for him i think he could really be in that tier if in the right system if he goes to Washington and they 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 beef up the offensive line and get him another weapon, I think for sure Drake May has the possibility to be a top 12 dynasty quarterback. And I'm I'm gonna jump on Zoltan's pod and talk about him because I, I I love Drake May as a prospect. I think he's in that area right now. For me, he is already a top 12 to 15 dynasty quarterback, and I'm perfectly fine taking him at 103. I I wouldn't take him in 102 unless it's a two quarterback league. That is very passer friendly, you know, six, six mm-hmm. point passing and just maybe a scenario where you just can't pass up. But if you're choosing between Drake May, Garrett Wilson, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, is he in that tier for you? And what are the scenarios where you would think one way or another? Yeah, I To start off, Drake May is going to be my 104. I think as long as neighbors goes top 
six to eight, he's going to be my three. I just think Neighbors is like just such a good wide receiver prospect. The floor is very high. Drake made to the Commanders or maybe the Patriots. He could struggle a lot year one. But my my realistic comp and ceiling for for Drake May is Jordan Love this year. Like mm-hmm. just like how Jordan Love is viewed today. I think he has arrogant arm talent. I think he does deserve to be in that tier with people, especially if you go second overall in the draft. Like that just proves the franchise is all in on you to make you the guy there. So I think him and the Commanders is a lot better than him in, in New England. <laughs> just because they already got Dotson, they got Terry, they have Kurt Samuel, they got a decent run game of Brian Robinson. They got some decent pieces. They're remodeling that team, so things could get better for them. I think his ceiling, like 4,500 passing yards, and like he could throw for like 25, 30 touchdowns, some rushing upside there, but I think I almost lean like the Gibbs, the Brees Halls, the Bijans. Yeah, I'm with the, you because I think May's going to – he's going to take some lumps. Yeah, you take – You know, like – it could be a burrow type rookie season where there, you know, there's going to be some turnovers. There's going to be yeah. some, some struggling along the way where he goes. But I think long-term he's a guy that I prefer over Tua, over Dak, you know, like I, I prefer him in that area, in that one Oh three. And I love the value Wilson Gibbs and Brees Hall, keep one trade one, cut one, almost impossible to do where you're at, but who are you doing those three? I, I think what I'm going to do, is yeah, you, and you're gonna you. you're gonna hate me. Is I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Garrett Wilson. I'm gonna trade. Oh man, I'm gonna trade Brees Hall and I'm gonna cut Jameer Gibbs. And I know that this is like no man's land. You can't say a right or wrong answer. I think Garrett Wilson is gonna steadily rise in value like he did last year. But this year, if Aaron Rodgers stays on his two feet, is going to put himself into a tier, you know, into that second tier right below. Jefferson Lamb and Chase and be the wide receiver four in Dynasty for me. I think Brees Hall's value is is a little bit more than Gibbs. That's why I traded him and, and cut Gibbs. People don't realize with Garrett Wilson that I don't give a damn if Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old coming off an, an mm-hmm. Achilles tear. Give him decent protection in that line. He gets the ball out quicker than anybody else in the league. That's what Garrett thrives. His lightning quick release off the line, his shimmy and his shake. He can excel downfield mm-hmm. as well. But in that that short to medium range, there's like maybe three wide receivers better than Garrett Wilson off the line of scrimmage. And he would be really good the past two years if he scored damn touchdowns. And he ain't yeah. gonna when his team has 15. But he did he back. did in college. So it's it's not it's not him. It's the roster that he's on. I'm he with you for sure. That can throw damn touchdowns. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those. We saw yeah. him a year and a half ago in Green Bay throw for like 26, 27 touchdowns. That's all Garrett Wilson needs if he grabs mm-hmm. eight of those, nine of those. He'll finish top eight to 10. So I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't care how old he is, he'll give us one, maybe two good years with Garrett Wilson. Give Garrett Wilson that top 10, top eight finish that we both really want and we mm-hmm. want to see him thrive. And then they have to readjust the position and, and see what they can do. But they have the pick 10. I've seen tons of mocks with Olo Fashanu and a couple other tackles. I know Joe Alt slipped down to 10. We don't know what's going to go on with the tackles. I know the combine is going to be a big thing there, but if they can lock in a premier right or left tackle there to protect Rodgers, they get Barrett Tucker back healthy and they get, I know they drafted that Minnesota center that was hurt most of the year. Tipman, he was, he was solid prospect. They can build up that line and get the play action going. Brees Hall run game phenomenal. Despite how bad the line was last year, like Aaron Rodgers is going to make some noise with Garrett Wilson. So. Definitely an undervalued player right now. 
the biggest question I have right now, and he went at 201 in Smash Except 13, is would you take the 103 or Puka Nakua right now? You know, I, I think Garrett Wilson to me, I think you you we still have an area here where Puka's valued over Garrett Wilson, and I don't think that's gonna keep up throughout this year. But I do think we get into an area of Drake May or Puka Nakua. You know, this is one that I saw on a poll 59-41 on the Puka side. I was surprised because we're all kind of in that rookie fever. On the flip side, when it was Marvin versus Puka, it wasn't even close. It was 70-30. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like Puka's worth the 103, but me personally, I would rather have the 103 than Puka Nakua right now. I think it just gives you more flexibility. Like if Matt Stafford just retires this year, despite how awesome he looked last year, like he had so many injuries, shoulder injuries, elbow injuries. He just had elbow surgery last year. It's it's tough with that situation. But I mean, the guy just broke the rookie record. You don't, hey, yeah, it, you it, don't no, accidentally I'm, put up 1,500 yards and like 100 receptions. So give me him over the 103 just because like, come on. Like you, you think I think he's better than Garrett Wilson as a talent? No way. But – 1,500 yards and 100 receptions as a fifth-round rookie. Matt Stafford yeah. would be a guy that probably but throws the ball. Your three forever. isn't Drake May. Your three is Malik Neighbors. So Neighbors or Puka? I'm taking Puka. I'm taking huh? Really? Puka, yeah. All right. I think Puka. the ceiling long-term of Malik Neighbors is so high. And I know you do yeah. too as well. So let's. Like if Neighbors had 1,500 yards and yeah. 100 receptions, we would be like, wow. He'd be in the Jefferson territory. Do it's like, how does he do better than that? Yeah. yeah. Let's Who move. That? Let's move Good to the one. 104. So for me right now, I have, and I want to talk to you. One, I have 101 in a tier by itself. I think 102 and 103 are pretty similar in value for me. And then four through six, which I just keep labeling that money zone. And I know you know ours are, are slightly different, but I have that as as Daniels, neighbors, Bowers. You have it as May, Daniels, Bowers. You know, but I think two and three are in a tier. And then I think we move ourselves back down to four through six or a tier. And this is where I want these guys. These guys are falling to the 305 to 402. And I think four through six, I keep talking about it every single week. It is such a money zone because it's like, I think Jaden Daniels has Lamar Jackson light upside. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm watching tape and my man's getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Like he takes hits, like look, look like so video games. Tape. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're horrible, right? They look like, and it's he's going to have to learn how to get away from that. Then you got neighbors in there who, I mean, the ceiling, we already have him as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, and the ceiling is even higher. And then Brock Bowers arguably steps in as the dynasty tight end one overall once he gets his, his foot in the door, you know, where Laporta goes a little bit before him. But these guys all went four and five, went in rounds three, six, fell all the way to 405 in Smash 13. I think it's an absolute steal because what you have to look at is when you take 104 through 106, there's so much flexibility as opposed to at 104, if you take Laporta, if you take Fields, if you take Dak, you're locked into that player. But then yeah. if you get to 104 and you draft that, now all of a sudden, oh, okay, the rest of your draft, you didn't get a quarterback, you can take Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Oh, you, your wide receivers are light, now you can take neighbors. Oh, your tight end, you didn't do well. Now you can get Bowers. And in the startup, man, the flexibility of 104 through 106, I can't overstate how sexy it is. Yeah, and honestly, it takes 
one team to make one mistake in that draft and you end up getting Drake May at four or Malik Neighbors at four or five or you get messaging me that all the time. My league doesn't value quarterbacks as much. I think I can get May at four and I'm like, geez, like lock it in, man. Yeah. So I think the flexibility is huge. Like you mentioned, I don't think people that I'm going to get a little bit off topic here. I don't think people realize how good Brock Bowers is. Like, I think there's a real case where you can argue him over Drake may in a heavy tight end premium league. It would have to be two tight ends and tight end premium for me really? to consider that because 0.75 will get it. Get me to do that. If he goes to the chargers or if he goes to like, you tell me you're not it, taking him if he goes to target I'm not, that five. I'm not because there's so many good tight ends right now. If he yeah, goes to the issue, yeah. If he goes to the Chargers, I'm trading him for, you know, I'm I'm making sure I get McBride plus because that's gonna yeah. happen then. You know, and because the tight ends take longer. Laporta spoiled us, right? He jumped in there and he just balled out. And Brock I, is the best tight end prospect. I do too. Ever, I do though. too. I really do. I, I think and he's phenomenal. To hype up the class. I don't have a ton of rookie picks. Like I really think he's. I watch him and I like, can't believe how good he is. There's not a single weakness he has. People think yeah. he's undersized. He literally pancakes DNs like it's his job. Like he is literally Laporta on steroids. And that's been my comp for a while. Mm-hmm. If you think Sam Laporta is good after the catch and good in the slot and good outside, winning down the seam, wait till you see Brock Bowers because like he's literally and, the next like baby Gronk. Well, and I think in most rookie drafts, and this is, this is my take that I've been playing around with that because I'm in – full agreement with you. I think he's the best tight end prospect we've seen. You know, we wanted to have Kyle Pitts in that area. And if Kyle Pitts went to the right thing, Kyle Pitts was more of a unicorn athlete who can yeah, catch the ball. But this guy athlete. is like, to Just me, the nice. most balanced tight end I've seen ever is Kittle and Hawkinson. He's better than both yeah. as far as a balanced tight end that can do it all. You know, so like the interesting part to me is in rookie drafts, I'm going to trade Sam Laporta for wherever Bowers is. Go. Because I think you so can get it. I was going to ask you, Dad. You're the insulated trades king. That's what, what I want, like? man. What are you looking for on top of on top of Bowers? I don't think you're it? getting more than a second. But I mean, if I can get Bowers and the two hundred three, and have an area where it's like I get one of those young wide receivers or quarterback or running back that falls in there, I don't think you're getting a first. You know, like that. That no, isn't going to happen. Yeah, no. I think you can get the one hundred six. Like if you do it right now, and you think your league isn't going to take him till one hundred six. I think you could do the Laporta in a second for 106 in a first. I, I think that's feasible. And that's why we talk about doing this ahead of time. If you make that trade and now all of a sudden you have the installation of that becomes the 25, 104, and you gave up the 212, I mean, that's a massive swing. I you made know, it. But if you do that, make sure you have Evan Ingram on your team. Make sure you have yeah. a David Njoku. So you have a guy there just in case that's Bowers true. has, yeah, somebody that you don't, go all in and say, I'm pushing it in, hoping that this rookie tight end carries me. I made a trade like that. That makes me think that I want to share back in the 2022 draft after Waddle's phenomenal rookie season, I traded Waddle after he had like a hundred reception, thousand yards, top 12 finish. Everyone's all over Waddle. I think I traded Waddle. Garrett Wilson slipped down to the 103 or the 104. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it went Brees London and then it was Garrett 
or I think it went Brees, London, Burks. 104 was on the block. I traded Waddle for the 104 and the 201 and got Garrett Wilson and George Pickens for Jalen Waddle. Yeah. And I was biased towards Garrett Wilson, huge Garrett Wilson fan. But those are the type of insulated trades you need to take the risk on, especially if you're good at drafting in that early to mid second range. Like I landed George Pickens, who was my wide receiver five in that class. And I think I, I looked at it like Garrett Wilson is floor is Jalen Waddle's rookie. Yes. Season, like a top well, would you guy. do the same thing with, with, I mean, we're going back to Puka with neighbors. Neighbors gets a top 10 draft capital. I think you can do that type of move. Same thing yeah, there with Bowers. So it's like neighbors rookie. And we're going to talk about this all year. You know what I mean? Until we get to that rookie draft. So I love, I love that, that talk there. If you got to choose right now between Jaden Daniels, you're at the 104 between Jaden Daniels. Uh, no, I think loves loves closer to the 103. But in this draft, the 104 went in the same way as Justin Fields, and Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. If you got to pick between one of those quarterbacks to set up with, are you taking the 104, hoping Drake May falls, or or saying I'm going to take Jaden Daniels and, and trust the rushing upside and the deep ball that he can throw, yep. or are you taking Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields? Yeah, I I, I will get Brock as like a young Dak. So it's, yeah. like, it's tough. I, I think you got to lean Brock and then you got to lean. I, I love taking those type of like the Dax, like they're, they're mm-hmm. just such good values, especially in startups. Like dad, when you came up to me or when you mentioned to me today, like, look, I, I've been moving back a ton in the draft. Like I haven't drafted a quarterback yet, but we got like two on the board. Maybe it's Dak. Mm-hmm. I think you like have to lock in one of those guys and kind of bite the yeah, bullet. Yeah. on not taking the shiny new toy with like a right, Gibbs right. or a Olave. Well, just because, and like, Tua. Tua fell all the way to 311, which yeah. is the equivalent of the 106. And at that point, you just gotta take that value. I, yeah. I, I couldn't pass it. Or I'm sorry, 308. Alave, I got at 311. What's this trade I did in my one year punt? I had like I had like the whole 24 draft, like 25 draft loaded up. And I had Kyler as my cornerstone piece. I ended up hitting on Tank Dell in the startup round 15. I ended up drafting Flowers round nine. I have Kendra Miller, and that's really all I had. I traded f- five or no four seconds 201 203 205 and 208 for Dak straight up and I have the 101 so yeah, that's the yeah. scenario like you mentioned earlier it doesn't matter if I have Caleb Williams and Kyler Murray go get Dak because I know Dak's gonna be a top eight top six guy next year and if Caleb's gonna come call here Caleb is the best lottery ticket in the draft you have to draft him I don't care if you have three quarterbacks just take them Take him and hope he hits. There's a very, very, very high chance he does. But you'll feel really stupid if you fade him just because you want to get cute. Like, just take him or trade the pick. Then I had the 105. Now, again, right now, we're we're in, on a different area. I have it Neighbors or Daniels at five. Let's just mm-hmm. call you know, let's just call it the 105. That's going in the 308 to 401 range in the same area as Dak, Tua, and Jonathan Taylor. If you got to choose between the 105 and those three players, are you taking Dak? Are you taking Tua? Are you taking Jonathan Taylor? I think JT is such a good value, especially because he just got a massive contract. Yeah, and if if it's in points per carry, I don't think people realize the the ceiling that he's going to produce in there. You know what I mean? And give me, uh, um, give me Dak and Tua over Jaden Daniels. I can already tell I'm going to own zero Jaden Daniels. I I see the upside with the rushing. I know yeah. he's a Heisman. I know he. Has well, and a- that's. Crisp, deep ball, this is but. what's great about dynasty is 
everyone says, and what's so great about 104 to 106, then you don't have to take Jaden Daniels unless you have the 106. And if you have the 106, because everybody gets so pigeonholed and they want to go talk about certain areas. And I'm like, just because Jaden Daniels, I say, is the 104 doesn't mean you have to take him at 104. Yeah, you no. can package the 104 with a 25 first and get Jalen Hurts. That's what I was yeah. doing everywhere last year when I had Bryce Young shares. It was, I was like, I was trading up from the 102 all the way up to, to Josh Allen, to Jalen Hurts, to Lamar Jackson, you know, and, and that's where we're going to talk about that a ton, tearing up from that quarterback position because mm-hmm. outside of Caleb Williams, yeah, I could see a scenario where both Jaden Daniels and Drake may both bust. And yeah. I can also see a, a, a world where both of them hit too. But it's like, it's a matter of what's your, what kind of risk evaluation do you want to do and how I high think, can you take those guys? My thing with Daniels, I was telling Zoltan, shout out Zoltan, just an absolute beast with the rookies. Love talking to him about it. I talk to him like every day about the rookies, who we like, who we don't like. The thing I said to him about Jaden Daniels is it's not that I'm like, not in on the upside. I think he's a really good rushing QB. Like you can't match what he did as the Heisman winner mm-hmm. last year. And in his junior year, he was a horrible passer, but he could run the ball forever. My issue with him is it's like, okay, he goes to the Patriots at three. Yeah. He got drafted three, like, yay. All right. Now he's throwing a Kendrick Bourne and pop Douglas. And that's, I like guess like, he's not doing shit on that team. The Patriots don't fool, do me. Feel like- don't fool me into thinking that he's going to be some superstar quarterback on that team. I, guess. I think whoever goes to the Patriots is going to get a huge value discount. That I if agree. you're patient, they yeah, are going I to agree. give you significant value because Belichick's gone. We're yeah, going to have to see a different scenario. New coaches going to try to bring in weapons and Belichick there towards the end just felt like he still thought he had Tom Brady where he could have Troy Brown's out there running at wide receiver, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you don't have that anymore. You need some legit wide receivers I, to help in that area. So like, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. I Let's see move. the deep ball, but yeah, no, he, the deep ball is absolutely underneath the medium me, range. I had him as Lamar light because he's the exact same size, the rushing. He's not quite as explosive and not quite as tough with his rushes, but his yeah. speed is there, you know, and he's like yeah, he's his top end speed is not as twitchy as Lamar, but it's 97 percentile. It's it's a fourth four four for sure. You know what I mean? Like the dude can fly. We were talking about 106. This is the best value of any pick in the rookie draft or in a startup draft in the rookie draft. It's going to be Bowers or it's going to be one of these guys that I talked about. And right now, the equivalent of that is Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, and Brandon Ayuk. And as much as I love those three players, the upside of a Brock Bowers, a Malik Neighbors, or a Jaden Daniels is considerably higher. And I keep seeing Ayuk, Tyreek, DJ Moore go above the 106. And and this is a matter of snoog. We talk about people keep putting it out there where when I put a post about how good that 106 is, then they're like, well, this is knowing the unknown versus the unknown. But it's like we're trusting the tape that we've seen, the evaluation process that we have, that there is a – what percent chance is there that Brock Bowers is not worth more than Tyreek Hill by the end of next year? It's very low, 25%. Like I'm, I'm very. Yeah, I, I think I think you could pin it in that he's worth more than him. I I yeah. truly think Brock Bowers just drafted. T- like I think he's gonna run like a four 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 two maybe. Like he is fast. Like mm-hmm. people are gonna be people like know how good he is. He was the best tight end in college every single year he was at Georgia. He played injured this year and still had a phenomenal year. Analytically, best tight end of all time with my own eyes. Best tight end prospect of of all time. I don't think Kyle Pitts 
was even like on the same like spectrum as a talent as Brock Bowers was coming out of college. Like Kyle Pitts was a freak athlete, freak size, but come on, you tell me he was as good as Bowers as dominant. Bowers carried that Georgia offense in my mm-hmm. opinion. And that team won what two, three national championships while he was yeah. there. So I just think he I think I think he's the best I think he's gonna be the best tight end in the NFL at some point. I think he's gonna be the tight end one overall. And if he's not valued at that, I can tell you one thing. I will own a lot of Brock Bowers. I'm almost talking myself into making Brock Bowers the 104 dad. I know. Well, that's what I'm like looking at. So in my head, right now I said Trey McBride's worth the 104, but how long is it gonna be before Bowers is worth more than Trey McBride? And that in a startup, I almost took uh, Trey McBride went 310 and I had the 311 and I was hoping he fell, you know, like, but I didn't want the 106 there. But like, you know, this is that tricky part where you don't know if Bowers is the 104, 105 or 106, you we know, like so that, Greg Roman did with Mark Andrews. Dad. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the next pick because I want to keep moving on that is the 107 that has not gone in smash except 13 yet. The 106 went then then it was Pittman, Andrews, Tank Dell. And T. Higgins, how does Roma Dunze at the 107 compare to T. Higgins, Tank Dell, Michael Pittman? Like the contested catch rate of this guy, the, you know, like there's a lot of things to love. Like I saw a comp the other day that his is Devontae Adams. You know, some people said that it's a smaller Mike Evans. Like this isn't the inline speed I don't think is going to be 4-4. Yeah. But if you had to choose between Pittman, Tank Dell, and T. Higgins, and Adunze, which wide receiver rank those four? Pittman, Dell, Higgins, Adunze. Situation matters so much for like a production standpoint in fantasy football, but I think like Roma Adunze is like a better talent than them. I think he's going to go. Agree. A lot of the mocks as of right now have him going like either four, five, or six. Mm-hmm. The NFL, like most of these big name guys, like Zerline, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, have him going. They have him top off the board. They have him top ten, and it's not a top ten like Jamison Williams or Henry Ruggs, who's it's just like, because they're a burner. It's because he's a legit he's overall like a wide Drake, receiver, right? Like Drake London plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing with me. It was like I, I had Drake London comped as Mike Evans because he was a little bit bigger there, but I, I think he's an absolute steal in this range. Yeah. I can't say that too loud because I'm two picks away off the clock. You know what I mean? Yo, two more picks. It's it's ETN, A-Chain, London, 107, and Hawkinson. I'm going to be picking again soon. So I love draft season, right? You get the the notifications. You trade into those windows. Yeah. You get into that area. The the, the last pick that I want to talk about, and the, the cool thing for me, Snoog, is when we do this, we're doing this for a purpose. Yep. We are doing this because in the Patreon, we have picks 1 through 24, outlined of where they go in your startup so if you guys are doing a startup and you guys want that information join the patreon we got several different tiers we're going to be revamping that a little bit but you can come in there you can get on the on the clock help from everyone that's in the group you can tag myself snook or you can literally look at it and say okay the 107 goes right here where t higgins usually gets drafted so i'm going to make that decision in my head where i want the 108 is what's interesting to me because if you look at the 108 and you got you and I both talked about it and I think you hit the nail on the head it's Brian Thomas right now but it could be better it could be one of these guys fall it down into that eight because someone gets excited of Bo Nix or they get excited or the running back goes to the right spot and they're just jumping for joy getting into that spot the 108 and I got to pull this up real quick 
is going in an area. Give me one second. Where'd it go? The 108 right now is going in the early sixth. There's a two round gap between the 107 and the 108. It's like going or a round and a half between that. And it's two rounds after the 106. I don't think when it's all said and done that the 108 is that much further behind. Drake London just got drafted. So my man, Lemon, Lemon was probably uh, from the Patreon was like probably watching the, watching the podcast as we're talking about it. Um, But for me, I mean, I think that 108, if you got to choose between, and that that's going to be the area of, you know, let's, let's call it Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Rashi Rice, or the 108. How do you like that there? It's. T- I think I'm gonna take those three wideouts. Maybe not. No, nah, I think I take. I have Adunze over all of them, but I have them yeah. all of them in between the 107 and 108. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you get Brian Thomas filling in for T Higgins at 18 with, in the Bengals landing spot, or 17 with the Jaguars, like, or I think the Jags are not. They're 15. 15. They pick 15. Yeah. No, they pick 17. Okay, yeah. So if if you get yeah, they're 17, Colts are 15. So I think if you get you get Brian Thomas Jr., maybe Troy Franklin, 17 or 18 to fill in for like Ridley or T. Higgins and like a landing spot with an elite QB, give me him all day. Give me the weight over those guys. But it's like, what if they just end up going like 20-something to a team that it's like they're the wide receiver two or three on their team and it's just like a tough landing spot. It's hard to predict values of those when when you get out of the out of the tier because it's like a real like I have BT Jr. Troy Franklin and Worthy all four through six in a tier and then like maybe JJ McCarthy goes top twelve to fifteen in the yeah. NFL draft and it's it's like it's tough to value that so like you said Dad that that one hundred eight I almost value from a startup perspective over those guys just because of the flexibility yeah. and, and I think that one landing spot. That I'm I'm putting it like I we talked about it before. One and two are in one's in a tier by itself, two and three, four, five, six. And I'm putting eight right there with seven because I think Thomas is is really talented. Franklin's really talented, or someone falls into that area. So seven, eight for me, nine through twelve are another tier. And right now there are at least eight different guys that I could say go in that nine to 12 range. And that that's the sign of a good class. That's the sign of wanting to load up on those second round yep. picks. So we think, we hope you guys enjoyed, you know, going over those kind of things. We're going to be giving you some rookie mo- mocks coming up here. Snoog and I are going to start doing rookie profiles in the Patreon that won't be found on our normal, you know, our normal accounts on, on Spotify and Apple. It's going to be just for Patreon guys. So a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. Real excited to dive into the rookie content. I'm already started talking to Matt Hicks and and you know loading up some of our guys that we we have for guests like Matt Waldman and Angelo, who we always get on, and looking to to get some new guys on there. So if there's someone you want on the show, reach out, let us know. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm so excited to get this going. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Yo, pick eight.